We should probably introduce the podcast. Oh yeah, welcome to Green Dad, everybody. Welcome. You're here with Tatiana and Maddie. Yes, I'm Maddie. I'm Tatiana. I'm really excited for this podcast. We're gonna talk about sustainability in the community, hopefully interview some really cool people and see what their takes are on sustainability. And we're gonna talk about different environmental factors and we're gonna try to stay as unbiased as possible and if we do give our opinion we'll definitely let you guys know and you'll be able to tell too because we're very passionate but we're just two mass commies trying to deliver some sustainable science advice but Tatiana tell us more fill in the crevices of what I missed well I think that it's kind of interesting to talk about environmental science and sustainability um, from a mass comm point of view because, you know, we're not scientists, we're not majoring in any science. I mean, you're minoring environmental science, but still, I'd say our main, the, the knowledge we have is mainly media and mass communication related. I would agree, we and were, yeah. we get our, that's where we get our information from, which is where generally everybody gets their information about science from is the media, so I think it's good to kind of have that bridge between environmental science and mass media and all that comes with that. So we are, we're definitely gonna have a different outtake on the traditional what's going on in the world and how we can better live in the world and live in the world sustainably. I was gonna say, we're not experts. Oh, definitely not. You know, we are just coming at this kind of semi-blindly. Yeah. Like we, we have a passion for the environment and we have, we're knowledgeable about the environment, but you know, we're just kind of giving you guys our thoughts. Yeah, you definitely can't quote us on your research papers. We'll try to be as factual as physically possible. Oh, yes. And we'll definitely let you know our sources. And if it's a peer-reviewed article and if it's like actually good source or not, or if we just like saw it on TikTok. Not that that's a good source because personal stories are good sources also. And then also the people we have on. We're going to try and have knowledgeable people on. Yeah, here. we're going to hopefully talk to a lot of really cool people doing really cool sustainable things. Mm -hmm. So we definitely won't be the only source of information, but we hope to ignite some of the spark that we have for the environment with everybody else. Mm -hmm. I feel like we should kind of talk about our, ourselves, kind of give the people an introduction. Oh yes, 100%, I would love that. Let's talk about, oh, a little bit about our home life because yeah. the people you surround yourself with is the person that you are. I grew up in Colorado Springs. I was born there, raised there my whole life, and I have my mom, Cher Bear, shout out to you, love you forever. My dad, Marky Mark. Yes, I literally do call my parents these names. And my sister, Lauren. And of course, my two dogs. I love them, I have a Silky Terrier and a Bashan. They are my whole world. And yeah, I have the best people that I could like ever surround myself with, I grew up with. And yeah, I'm really glad I grew up where I did, but Tatiana didn't grow up that far away from me. Yeah, just about wink, like wink. two hours <laughs> or so. <laughs> um, I'm from near Fort Collins. I have a brother. He actually goes to CMU as well. And then I also have my mom and dad and my two pets. We have a dog named Enzo and he is a Shih Tzu Terrier mix. And then we have my cat named Grady. And he, I don't know what he is, but he's an old cat. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. I think that's usually how cats are described. Yes. Mm -hmm. Perfect. That's so fun. Yeah. But 
Yeah, it's nice to go to school in Colorado. I think Colorado is such a beautiful state. Mm -hmm. I think despite the fact that we live in the desert bowl, basically, I think we live in one of the most beautiful places. When I was a kid, I didn't like Colorado. I don't know why. I just could never really appreciate how beautiful it is. And I think as I get older, I'm noticing, oh, wow, like this is a really cool place to live. I think growing up wherever you do has such a big impact on who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. And speaking of that, like it has such a big impact on your ecological footprint. Yes. Which, guys, I'm so excited. We're going to take a quiz. We're going to do it on air. And we'll edit out all the boring parts. Don't worry. <laughs> magic of editing. Yes. But we're going to take our ecological footprint quiz, and then we're going to discuss how like our score is created. We're going to discuss our scores, and I'm super excited to share that with you guys. And hopefully you guys can calculate your own footprint and look at your own scores. And you guys can get a, like, a better understanding of like who we are and how we affect the environment, because I am nowhere near perfect. Oh, same. I 100% am not the most sustainable that I could be and I'm like trying to be better every day and I hope that we can encourage that mindset for every human. And hopefully you guys can calculate your own footprint and look at your own scores. Okay, so an ecological footprint is defined as the impact of a person or community on the environment expressed as the amount of land required to sustain their use of natural resources. And that's defined from Oxford languages. So basically we're gonna see the emissions that we input into the world and the resources that we use and like how much land that basically takes up. But we're doing the footprint calculator. It's from the Global Footprint Network. So we can calculate pretty accurately our effect on the environment. Um, so for this first question, it asked us how often we eat animal-based products. Um, and there's a scale between never and very often. So you can pick never, infrequently, occasionally, often, or very often. Um, and then you can also add details to improve the overall accuracy of this little test. So let's get started. Let's look at the meats and the cheeses. Um, I'm gonna say often for just the overall, but then for the details, I don't eat much meat. I'm definitely a big dairy and egg consumer though. Yeah, same. The meat I do eat is, it's either beef or chicken usually, not much else. Yep. Usually chicken for me. I'm not a big beef person. Fish? Mm, absolutely never. Oh, eggs, cheese, in or dairy? Always. Very often. Alright, I'm ready for the next question. How much of the food that you eat is unprocessed, unpackaged, or locally grown? This question sucks to get as a college student, but yeah. we're going to be completely honest in, you know, would our budget affects us and so many other things. Yeah. I don't know no, I agree. This is a hard question, though, because. Yeah, it's locally grown. Yeah. Well, as a college student, and especially in Grand Junction, you know, we don't have as much access to unprocessed, unpackaged, naturally grown food. Especially, I would say in the summertime more, but in the winter, it's pretty hard. Yeah, there's, there's no definitely. Yeah, more opportunities in the summer to mm -hmm. eat locally grown and and then as a college student on a budget it can be hard to i'm always just at city market or safeway you know buying whatever i can afford and i wish i could 
choose if it was unprocessed, unpackaged, and locally grown. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be fun if I had the time to do more than just yeah. pop a Luna bar in my mouth before I go to my 9 a.m. Yep, agreed. Are you, what are you saying, 10 or 10% or 20% or? Also for this scale, guys, it's based on percentages. So you can go from 0% all the way to 100, which is all of your food is unprocessed, unpackaged, and locally grown. I'm gonna classify the fruits and veggies I get at the market as locally grown, probably not, yeah. but I'm gonna say that they are, so. Mm, 10, 15%? Yeah, I'd say so. I'll probably do 10, because. Yeah, I'm gonna say 10, yeah. just because lower, probably more realistic. How much of your diet is fresh, unpackaged foods? I'll say 15 for that, because, yeah. like fruits and vegetables, sure. should definitely be more, is, Yeah. but it isn't. How much of your diet is locally grown or produced? Gosh, I have no clue. Probably 10%, maybe? 15? Oh, 5%? Okay. Oh, gosh, yeah. For Junction, since we're in a pretty isolated location, um, I'm guessing that a lot of our food is shipped in or flown in from other places because I'm not sure where you would even grow all of these vegetables and fruits in Grand Junction. Grand Junction has a very arid, desert-like environment, so it can be hard to grow a lot of stuff out here. True. In right next to Grand Junction is Palisade, which Palisade is known for peaches. And their last peach crop was completely frozen because really. yeah, because they had a a freeze last harvest, so a lot of peaches not I not growing. A lot of vegetables and fruits come from Palisade. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder why that is. I wonder why other places. Well, I know Fruta has some some locally grown stuff. Um, but Palisade is like... Yeah, I wonder what it is about that area. We talked about that in the Global Sustainability class. Basically, it's like just a hair warmer than Grand Junction, and so it's like it just fits those specific crop yields best. Interesting. Mm -hmm. that's, inter that's cool. And also, Grand Junction Palisade? has been a warming <laughs> spot. Really? Yeah, but we'll talk, we'll talk about different yeah, things later. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Should we go to the next question? Oh, yes. Which housing type best describes your home? The only options are a freestanding house with no running water, a freestanding house with running water, a multi-story apartment, a duplex row house or building with two or four more housing units, or a luxury condominium. Now, are we counting this as the house we live at when we're at home or what we are in Grand Junction? Oh, I'm doing it based off of my life as like a student in Grand Junction, okay. not when I'm at home. And so then mine would be a multi-story apartment. Yes. Would mine be luxury condominium? Oh, it might be. But wait, no, freestanding running water. That's what this little house that I live in. Okay, yeah. Maddie is in a house and I am in an apartment. What material is your house constructed with? Oh. Wood. Probably the cheapest option. Straw and bamboo. <laughs> the options are straw and bamboo, brick and concrete, steel slash other, wood or adobe that's definitely an answer that I, I think we're made out of wood don't have i would probably say you were made out of wood yeah i think you're probably made out of brick and concrete or stucco or something like that how many people live in your household two people i'll say three me and my rooms yep what is the size of your home oh god i don't know i live in a 
two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> yeah, I live in a duplex, so someone lives below us, but does that count? I mean, it counts as the entire house, but does it matter to me? Oh, oh okay. So on this site, it shows the, you know, do you see the building down there? Oh, yeah. The bottom screen. And so every time you move this little, oh, I don't know, parameter, um, it shows you how large it would be if you... Oh, perfect. Okay. So I think mine would be... Play by ear. I'm going to say small because it's a pretty small apartment. It's just two bedrooms, a kitchen, and a living room. Yeah. That's it. If I remember square footage, I think... Because I remember when I was looking uh-huh. earlier for, like, places to live. I think they said 1,500 square feet. Hmm. So I'm going to go with that. So medium. Medium home for the lady. Do you have electricity in your home? Yes. Thankfully, yes. How energy efficient is your home? Um, well, my home was built in the 30s, so absolutely <laughs> none. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I'm in between very inefficient and below average because... Our apartment complex is in the process of being fixed. Um, like our overall apartment, like buildings, um, and because they're very old. So, I think below average or very inefficient. I'm saying below average for mine. Poor insulation. Yep. Yeah, if you have poor insulation, that's the biggest thing for me. Heating and cooling systems used often. Yeah, I'm very inefficient. That's sad. What percent of your home's electricity comes from renewable sources? Probably none for me. Yeah, I'm going to go with zero. Yeah, it's not not good. Also, I want to say that if... I think there's a big difference between if we were doing this based on our home, like for you, Colorado Springs, and for me, the Fort Collins area, Yes. Okay. Versus up in Grand Junction when we are two college students living on our own, um, just trying to, you know, just live. Yeah, we definitely we live two different lifestyles yep. here, living poor college student life and then yeah. going back home and being supported home, that way. I'd say we have a lot more. We're much more sustainable than I am up here, which I wish I was being able to be sustainable up here, but it's hard when you're a poor little college student. Yeah, I think just with the setup of my house and, like, the smart appliances, mm-hmm. I think that's way more sustainable. And, and also, back home, well, this is just a subject for a different time, but we have an actual recycling program. Like, people that, like, come pick it up and sort it and stuff like that. Versus here, you have to do all of that yourself. And you have to take it to different places. And Yeah, yeah recycling is mm-hmm. very controversial. Compared to your neighbors, how much trash do you generate? I don't personally know my neighbors. Yeah, I'm not really aware of how much trash that my neighbors... I, We don't talk to each other, um, which is very strange because I'm back home. We're close with all of our neighbors. Um, but here in my little car- apartment complex, no one talks and everyone just keeps them themselves. So I don't even know my neighbors' names. So I don't think I could answer this. Yeah, I'm just going into the details to... Okay see that so the first question says what comes closest to your monthly new clothing footwear and or sporting goods purchases i i'm gonna say not much for me because i i don't really go shopping that often for clothes or anything and when i do i go thrifting usually 90 percent of the time i'm gonna say 
probably above average for me because I am an average Ooh, shopper. Yes, you love fashion. I'm a very big fan of fashion and I'm always trying to pick up some new items and I do thrift. I try to as much as possible, but sometimes, sometimes PacSun is a little bit cuter clothing than the thrift store. <laughs> so I'm going to say above average. What comes closest to your annual new household furnishings purchases? Oh, probably average. Things to spruce up the apartment. I want to say not much. I don't really like want to buy new things unless I need them, like unless it's broken. But I break things all the time, so <laughs> it happens more than I'd like to admit that I have to replace all the things. Okay. Oh, how often do you purchase new household appliances? Oh, never. I mean, I live in an apartment where they already have appliances, and if they need to be fixed, we call the maintenance man. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I haven't had to purchase appliances yet. Yeah, I haven't. So I'm going to say never. I would say I replace out-of-date models. Okay, I'm going to say infrequently, because I don't really buy any of my stuff. Um, I never purchase books, magazines, or newspapers. Oh, I love books. Okay. You buy books? Mm-hmm. I love that. I don't subscribe recycle? to anything. Oh, I recycle everything. Not everything, literally, but like everything I can try. And all like the plastic that I can recycle. So all. Also, what did you say for compared to your neighbors? I'm still in the books, magazines, and newspapers. Okay, I think I'm just gonna say same for how much trash I generate. Cause I'm sure we generate the same, maybe even less. I don't know. Oh, for neighbors. I'm probably going to go like in the middle, but do a little less. Yeah, I'm going to say a little. Just because we recycle and a lot of people don't, yeah, so that's so added to less. their trash. Yeah. yeah, so probably a little bit less. Okay, next one. How far do you travel by car or motorcycle each week? What? This is a fun one. Never on a motorcycle. No. Um, you don't drive. I do not drive. But travel, I do get rides, so I have to... Put that into account. Yeah. So yours would be the, probably about the same as mine. Oh, I actually I drive way more than you. Because you're not always with me in the car. Never mind. Oh, God, I have no clue. Honestly, each week, probably 200 miles. No, that's like going home. I don't know, probably 100 miles maybe. <laughs> I don't know how to put it into perspective for myself either. I'm going to say I drive about 100 miles a week. I'd say that's pretty accurate. Also, the trips that we take, we don't go further than five miles usually. Yeah. Unless we're doing a trip to Moab, you know. True. True. So maybe, I don't know, probably, I'm going to say 100. That's pretty. I'm going to say 50 for me. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. What is the average fuel economy of the vehicles you use most often? Oh, let's talk about your 4Runner. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I drive a 2000 Toyota 4Runner, um, and she... She gets me where I need to go, but she's not fuel efficient. Not at all. So I think I think I get about 20 miles to the gallon, maybe even less. Okay. Maybe even 18. Like, it's bad. My other friend that gives me rides sometimes has a tiny little car. So I'm going to say, like, 23. I'm going to give it a good Jordan number. Okay, yeah. Me. Mine's probably about 18, which is about as... <laughs> inefficient as you can go. <laughs> Love living in a country built off of fossil fuels. True. Sustaining our travel. Mm -hmm. mm. Thank you, next. When you travel by car, how often do you carpool? Oh, every time. 
for me. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to say often. I'm going to say about 65% of the time. Mm-hmm. Nice. I said always for me. Got it. How far do you travel on public transportation each week? None. I couldn't. Nope. How many hours do you fly each year? Oh, it depends on the year. Oh, probably six. Because whenever I take flights, it's either to Arizona or California. And I didn't even get to go on my California trip because I got canceled because of COVID. <laughs> oh, correct. So I think the only flights I've taken recently have been to Arizona. And that's like an hour and a half. Yeah, I think I take like usually one plane trip a year, max. Yeah. <laughs> so... And I usually just go to Ohio because that's where my fan bam is. Mm -hmm. So that's like a three, four hour. Four. But round trip. Is that round trip? Oh, round trip, it would be, for me, it would be three and a half. I'd say I take one to two flights a year, so I'm just going to stick with four. I'm going to say six hours. Oh. I got my results. Oh, okay. If everyone lived like me, we would need five Earths. If everyone lived like me, we would need three and a half Earths. It's insane. That is crazy. There's a lot to digest here. Yeah. Should we do the details? Let's look oh, at that. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, I like that it breaks down. Like, me too. My consumption. footprint is 8.5. My ecological footprint is six. And don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure the average American's ecological footprint is 8.2 hectares. Oh, that makes me feel like I'm not being a sustainable person. But it's, it's so hard when you like put it on the individual because we're all guilty, but. And also, I, I'm gonna take responsibility. I'm a really big consumer. Me too. I love, I'm a very, I don't wanna say I'm a very materialistic person, but like I enjoy, new clothes I enjoy new pro products new you know I'm, I'm a very avid shopper and that's my downfall I'm also a big driver like I, I really enjoy driving everywhere mm -hmm. for some reason my carbon footprint is 16.7 oh my carbon footprint is 12 okay. tons <laughs> per year and then my carbon footprint is 69% of my total ecological footprint. My carbon footprint is 67% of my total ecological footprint. Heard. I think, what's your like largest consumption category? Mine's shelter. Same. And then food. Yep. And then mobility, goods yep. and services are kind of like tied for me. Same. Mm -hmm. What about land type? Mine's carbon footprint is the biggest. Oh yeah, carbon footprint. And then cropland. Mm -hmm. And then forest products, mm -hmm. and then the smaller ones are built-up land, grazing land, and fishing grounds. Yeah, definitely. How do you feel? Hmm, we could be shocked, inspired, helpless, intrigued, worried, embarrassed, confused. Yeah. Oh, I'm kind of embarrassed. Worried and shocked, and intrigued, and a little helpless. Many different things to feel after. <laughs> Not inspired at all. <laughs> I would say I feel inspired. Oh, good. Inspired to do better. True. That's be more a good sustainable. Point. Make better choices. That's eat less point. meat. 
like we pre- do pretty good. Well, at least I know I do pretty good in the meat sector. Because I'm not a very big meat eater. The shopping habits I have that are not good. And Same. And it's, habits that really yeah, it's how you're raised, too, and yeah, what's accessible to you. How do you compare your results to your country? Oh, let's see this. Oh, okay, yes, tell me. Yeah, like you said, the, e- the average ecological footprint is 8.2 in the United States. Well, this was very interesting. Yeah, I think we started overshooting resources, which means basically living off of resources that can't sustain us mm-hmm. in 1987 Holy is when God. that first started. So That's crazy. Yeah, since then we've just been doing the human anthropogenic thing. Yeah. That always... I don't know about you, but that always <laughs> scares me. The comment that you just said about how we started overusing things back in 1980. That's when we- 1987. Yeah, 1987. That's like kind of a terrifying thing to think about. Because I always think about Interstellar. That's what it was. Wait, I think. With Matthew McConaughey? Oh, I've never seen that movie, but keep okay, going with this thought. It's very interesting. You should watch. I've heard. Anyways. But they're going through a time where earth like we've used up our resources and now the earth is going through like all of these different climate experiences climate changes um you know different places are flooding different places are drying up there are sandstorms um and then it was talk i think it was oh gosh maybe in nebraska or kansas is where um matthew mcconaughey's family the actor or the person he plays in that that's where their family's located. Um, and they're like cornfields start creating like dust storms and it's just a huge mess. And that's really scary because if you really think about it, I mean, that'll probably, well, I'm not sure if to that degree, but I'm sure things like that will start happening in our lifetime, which is a whole nother rabbit hole. It's scary to think about resources being depleted and like, if we're going to experience it in our lifetimes, then our children and our grandchildren are definitely going to have to face the brunt of hardships like that. And that makes me even think, you know, <laughs> do I want to yeah, bring a child into this? Really, why are we going to continue to swarm this planet with bodies that are just creating ecological footprints? And Yeah, there's a lot to consider there because you, you can't always just think like, oh, you know, like obviously we do want to fix the planet, but there's like so many different personalities out in the world and there's so many different people with different agendas. And yeah, there's just so many things to take into consideration. Yeah, I think everybody has a cause that's dear to them. And like you said, there's so many different causes that are at stake. I think that once we got to this stage in our industrialization, it just kind of, that's what happens. It inevitably all meshes together because I don't think you can have this much infrastructure and this much development without somehow combining all of these factors you know like the environment has to fit in here somewhere and I I think it fits into all of these different aspects of life you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah it was enlightening to see our ecological footprint scores Mm -hmm. in I really do want to like try to eat less meat in the future. I think that's like my number one thing that I want to do to be more sustainable. Mm-hmm. And I also want to get into composting. So I need to look oh, yeah. that up and learn more about that. 
Yeah, I like that on campus they give you the option to turn in compost piles, but, and that's a whole different topic is, you know, how CMU can work on their sustainability as compared to other colleges. Um, just coming from, like, my own personal standpoint, like, from the area I live near really big universities like CU and CSU, I'm able to compare how they, how they uh, treat the environment and how they, their sustainability practices um, versus CMU sustainability practices and how we affect the environment. Um, because I think it's very different, at least for me, coming up here um, from back home and seeing the major, major differences between the Western Slope and the Front Range has been really eye-opening. And I think that definitely is a factor in how I affect the environment as far as my sustainability goes. Yeah, I think that's an interesting topic that we can definitely dive in yeah. on future episodes. I think we should. We can interview some people. and Yeah, that'd be interesting. And that's the nice thing about having this mass comm background is we're able to, to get these other resources to help explain it better. Yay. Yes. Thank you for listening to us. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed this first podcast and that you guys know more about us and how we affect the environment. I'm sure by now a lot of people have taken this footprint calculator. I feel like it's pretty common. Yeah, and if you haven't taken it, you should. Yeah, it's definitely very interesting, very eye-opening. And of course it's not going to be exactly correct, but it gives you a good gist of the resources that you take from the environment and how that impacts everything. This was such a fun episode. It was really chill. Of course, we're going to do like more interviews. Yeah, this is just more of a fun little introduction, kind of a good chill start to this podcast. This has been Greened Out with Tatiana and Maddie. We are so excited to get this show going. And we're going to be promoting it on different social media pages. Uh, so keep your eye out for that. I'm sure some of you listening already have our social media and know us. Make sure you guys tune into the next one. I think we're going to be talking about fashion, food, vegetarianism. Yes, we're going to have at least one guest on. Yeah, at least one, maybe two. Maybe two. That would be a fun mystery that, that you guys have to... Yeah, you have to figure out. To figure it out, exactly. Every podcast, we're just going to give one more element of yeah. a full production. Till it finally all comes together at the end. <laughs> and we'll catch you next time. Later, kisses. Bye. See ya.